1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, there was a story this week about housing affordability ranking 35 North American cities. Do we know where Toronto landed on this list? We do. Toronto was number 11 for cities that are unaffordable. Okay, and yikes, right? Because we always knew that Toronto is an expensive city, uh, but you know the fact that it lands number 11 on a North American list is a bit discouraging for anyone trying to get into the market. Well, on the positive side, we weren't the number one Canadian city. Vancouver was. Oh, okay. And where <laughs> so, did Vancouver land on the list? So Vancouver was number two overall. San Francisco was number one. And now just to clarify, what they're, what they're talking about in this report is affordability in, in means of what is the median price to purchase in Toronto? So that is about just under $650,000. What is the income that's required to purchase that home? So the average household income you would need for that would be about $94,000. Now, what's the median, not the, not the average, but what's the median income? And that is about $66,000. So now they're taking that median income to purchase that median home, and they're saying that there's a gap of what you need to purchase that home versus what you're getting. So it's a little bit skewed in that we're not talking average income, we're talking median income. And a lot of people that want to purchase a home with that income will go out to the suburbs. So they're not really looking to buy in Toronto or in Vancouver, in, in BC. They're not looking to buy in BC, but they're going to the outskirts so they, they can still purchase a home. So as you said, you found this list or this study to be a bit skewed, right? It is a bit skewed, and, and it does present the, the perception that things are getting more unaffordable. But the reality is, if you're looking to buy a house for under $650,000, you have a lot of options. You have a lot of options in York Region. You have a lot of options in Durham, Peel, and you're going to go to those areas and you're going to commute to the city of Toronto. You don't necessarily have to live in the city of Toronto. Okay, so let's park that, uh, that list and talk about uh, York Region sales. How is it looking right here in the region? Wow, so York Region was on fire, especially over the last weekend. So if you remember last week uh, when we were talking on our show, we were saying the number to beat to beat last March, so March 2018, we had to beat 1,120 sales. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, we are going to do that. We're going to beat it maybe by 50 or 60 sales. Well, between Thursday and Sunday, so the end of March, so from the 27th to the 31st of March, York Region was on fire. They sold about 150 homes in that span. And York Region ended up for March selling 1,280 homes. So if you're looking at growth, that's 14.2% higher, 14.3% higher than last March, which was an all right month. It wasn't a down month by any means. Here's the scary part. We keep talking about it. Inventory keeps declining. So inventory in York region was down 10.4% 
March over March. And what that means is you're going to get into more bidding wars in the region. You're going to get into multiple offers and prices are going to continue to climb. So that's something that we're going to be watching really carefully over the next little while. But not only was March good, 2019 right now for York region, we're sitting about 7% higher than the first quarter of 2018. So that shows you that the ex- the activities back, consumer confidence is back. York region took a huge hit 2017 to 2018. And it's really good to see it bouncing back now. And are you surprised to see that rebound? I'm not. There was so much pent-up demand, and we kept saying, people are going to get off this fence. People are going to wait out and see what's going to happen with the stress test. They're going to see what else is going on. And eventually, that confidence is going to come back to say, hey, it's not that bad here. Let's get back in the market. And that's what we're seeing. And you talked specifically about those last four days of March and how it was the activity in those four days that put the numbers over the top. What was it like with your offices during those last few days? We had uh, one night last week, we had three agents doing offers in our office. And that's Is that unusual? It, it's not unusual. We, we have a smaller office, first of all, but it's, it's not unusual in a spring market, but it's unusual compared to the activity last year. Because if you remember, the Toronto market in general was down last year. It was a very quiet, subdued market. And now you're starting to see more of a normal spring market come to place where there is a lot of activity. There's lots of listings coming up. The listings are selling in three, four, five days. We're not waiting for two weeks or three weeks. We have a lot of agents that are now getting frustrated because they will book appointments for two or three days down uh, in the week and the place will sell before they even get to show it. And we haven't had that for over a year now. But this is the type of market that we were faced in in 2016, 2015, where if you wanted to place, you had to go out and be ready to purchase this place. There's, so there's so no what's more your advice to, to someone who is thinking about purchasing a home? Just get out there and do it real quick? Get out there, do it real quick, but get to the bank first and get pre-approved so that you know what you can pay. And chances are you're going to be in a multiple offer. So if you see a house that is not withholding offers, you need to put an offer on that right away. And chances are that house is going to go into multiple offers anyway because everyone is thinking the same. And how long does that pre-approval process take? 10, 15 minutes, depending on if oh, you have all quick. of your, if you have all of your documents ready, the bank can pre-approve you, your mortgage broker can pre-approve you right away. Uh, you know, sometimes it takes half a day, maybe a day if they're asking for more documents or if you haven't provided everything. But the pre-approval process is really easy and it's going to really decrease the stress levels that you have going into purchasing a house. And what exact information is included in that pre-approval so that that way you can go into an offer situation? Well, pre-approvals are conditional, first of all. So you're not getting a final approval when you go in for a pre-approval. All it's telling you is generally with the information you've provided, this is what we feel we can lend you. And this is the maximum purchase price that you can have for this house. And this is how much you're going to have to put down. And once you have that information, you go in knowing what you can do with this property and and how much you can afford. And if you're getting into multiple offers, you know how high you can go. So that's all a pre-approval is. It is conditional. They're going to call and check your credit. They're going to call and verify employment. So all of that is going to come afterwards. A pre-approval is very simple. It is conditional on all the criteria being met prior to your final approval. All right. When we come back, we talk mortgages and how you can get the best rate. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the show is a regular from Integrity Mortgage Solutions, Asif Kasim. Asif, welcome back. Thanks. Great to be back. Asif, you know, we've been talking about sales and how crazy it's been out there. And one of the things that's fueling this is, is the buyer confidence and also the rate drops. There's been so many rate drops just over the last couple of weeks. Tell us a little bit about what's happening uh, with the banks. Well, yeah, there's been a huge spike in uh, production. Calls uh, have been coming through a lot now, and this is that time of year. It is uh, The sun is out, snow is melting, and at this point in time is when the banks turn around and start dropping their rates. We're looking at an average of high ratio mortgages, uh, about 3.19 for a five-year fixed, and about 3.25 for a variable. And that's that's a high ratio stuff, and 10 points higher if it's conventional. And and there's also a lot of talk from our clients and people that are purchasing houses that they're qualifying for prime minus 0.9 and prime minus 0.75. We haven't heard that for a long time. No, we haven't. And actually, it's even more than that. I'm seeing prime minus uh, 1%, 105. Um, This is just where all the banks are starting to compete against each other. They're trying to, when I say banks, lenders across the board, they're trying to get their market share. Okay, so what does that mean? So what happens is... For example, and this is not exactly who we're talking about, but let's say TD, for example, comes out and says, we're going to do prime minus 90. Well, Scotia may say, well, we need more market share. Let's do prime minus 95, right? And then they take turns, and then that's just what they're publishing. That's not even what they're actually doing. Sometimes you can go in and negotiate better. So, Asif, with with the, the prime minus 0.9 or the prime minus 1, we're still qualifying people with the stress test at posted plus 2%? Yes, we are. We are. And um, there's even though they're qualifying at that stress test, um, there are still a handful of clients who qualify. It's it, We're getting more business because rates are down. We're right. getting more interest. There's always going to be interest at this time of year. And rates are definitely going down. And I think they're going to continue to drop. Uh, I don't know how much more, but... We're only in the beginning of the spring market. But with regards to the qualifying, now with this news that's come out from the federal budget, there's there's been a renewed interest, and people are calling in and asking more questions on this stuff. You know, and that's that's great because we've talked about the federal budget a lot on this show and how it affects people from a real estate perspective and what we're telling people. How about from a lender's perspective? What are you, what are you telling people about the federal budget? Well... There's a variety of differing opinions on this thing. I would say there's, there's two major sectors that people look at. First of all, the first-time home buyers um, plan, and then there is the impact of the government saying that they're going to give an incentive, uh, a shared equity program with consumers. So let's start with the shared equity. The shared equity, they're saying, if you're a first-time home buyer, we, the government, will give an additional 5% if it's a resale home, and we're going to share some ownership on that property. 
So it's almost like a second mortgage or investment. Uh, to some degree. Like, here's the challenge. They put it out there without a lot of definition. So the definition, my understanding, is coming in September. But think of it this way. I buy a home and I put 5%, and then the government says, we'll put 5% and we own a portion of that home as well. And then when you sell your property, you pay it back. Now, there's no real detail as to how much you're paying back. Is there an interest portion? Is there an appreciated portion? That's going to come out in September. We'll know more about it. But putting things into perspective, that's not what the industry was waiting for. So if I'm thinking about buying a home, am I not going to wait then until September to make a decision? Well, yeah, that's that's the thought process right now. There are a lot of people put it on hold. If if they didn't qualify under traditional um, regulations, they're going to wait it out a little bit because they want to see how this plays out. But then there are those thinking, well, I have to pay that five percent back eventually anyway. So does it even matter? And that applies to home first time home buyers. First time home buyers. First time home buyers, and that that's for resale. So the 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 interesting thing is as we see inventory decline. As we see prices starting to go up, what's going to be the net difference in price between now and September? And and also there's the uncertainty of how much you have to pay back. What percentage uh, are you going to be paying back in terms of appreciation to the government? And is that going to be more of a difference than purchasing a house right now, even though you may have to put 10% down the savings that you're getting could be 5 or 6% because we're seeing prices go up now because inventory is declining. This is no different than what we saw you know, six years ago to three years ago where uh, there were so many multiple offer situations and prices going up. People were paying 10, 15, 20% more than they needed to to purchase this home because they had to get into a home. So now when you see the government saying, well, we'll give you 5%, well, you may pay 10% more for a home in September or October than you would right now. So if that's the case, does the 5% really mean anything? And this is what we've been asking from a real estate perspective is, is this just a stall tactic to to throttle demand again, and it's going to mean nothing come September? Well, I think from my understanding of how the numbers have played out, that 5% doesn't it's a marginal change. There's only a small percentage of people that will really apply to. And putting things in perspective, you're only allowed to have up to four times of that mortgage amount. And I think it works out to about 480. I could, uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's 480. And if that's the case, where are you buying? It's not in Toronto. It's not in the major metropolises. It's going to be further away, which is a whole other discussion because that means you have to commute back into the city for most people who work. And it's a long commute from Saskatoon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, honestly, it it's one of those things where it's... I think the government put it in play to make it seem like they were doing something. I mean, this is this is a lot of opinion out there, but it's hey, let's figure out how to how to entice everybody and say we're doing something, but really it doesn't affect most people. But and what does affect most people is where we started this conversation with rates. And you said that you are seeing a lot more activity. Clients are coming to you. They want that better rate. Yes. That is true. And what kinds of questions are they asking when they come in and start to think about, okay, I could get a possible mortgage rate under 3%? Yes, for sure. We, we get these questions all the time, and it's, hey, what's the best rate out there? What can I qualify for? The first question is, can you help me get approved for a mortgage? 
right? Is it possible to, for me to qualify? I'm not sure. So we go through a full question and answer and, and, and figuring out, will this work and at what level, right? And, and yes, the rates is part of it. The biggest factor is income. That drives all the, all the mortgage calculations. It's, rates are part of it. Down payment's part of it. But really, income is what drives everything here. And the government still has that stress test plus 2%, which is we were expecting a change to that. Same from a real estate perspective. And the other thing that was introduced was the RSP yes. contribution. So, I mean, they've, they've increased it from 25000 to 35000 You deal with people all the time. You see what they're putting down. How many young people have $35,000 in RRSPs? Well, that was a, a giggle in the industry. We, we kind of laughed at that and thought to ourselves, very few people come with 25 to begin with. So great, you're telling them they can do 35. That's like saying, here's a Lamborghini that can go 400 miles an hour or get on the DVP, right? <laughs> like, where are you going, right? It sounds nice, but it has really no impact. Now, there's going to be a small select people, a group of people that have that extra money, but really it's not budging our, our statistics, our numbers, it's not driving that much business. And one last question on rates. If you were to advise a client right now, would you say fixed or variable? My, my gut feeling is variable might actually be better right now, and the reason being is that I believe rates are staying, the government rates are staying around the same. If not, they might actually decrease in the upcoming months or year. So I don't think the government's going to start adding on to it now. So variable is the best way for me. Awesome. Thanks for this great information. Now, if our listeners want to connect with you, where can they get you? They get me at www.integritytree.ca. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thanks. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on Schedule. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Jenny in Markham. She wants to know, Asif, your opinion on her recent condo purchase. She bought a new build unit on Highway 7 near what was to be the Markham site of York University. She has now closed and taken possession of her unit, and it has already increased in value. Should she sell? Great question, Jenny. And there is so much construction going on in that area and so many people taking possession of their units right now that, uh, yeah, your, your values have increased a lot. Now, the things to consider is, why was this purchased in the first place? Is it an investment? Is it something that you want to hang on to? And don't rule out your university not being there or being there because it, there's still a good chance that the university will still go in there and this investment will continue to grow. My advice would be if you can hang on to this, if you if you want to take the money out and put it into another investment and make more money in it, sure, that's a, that's a great reason to want to sell it. Take the equity out, put it in somewhere else. But the rents in this area have skyrocketed and you are now able to lease out a one bedroom condo, whereas before you'd be getting thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars. People are getting upwards of eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars right now. So 
considering you purchased this probably two or three years ago, this is going to more than cover all of your payments and, and be able to make some money for you. So it's a great idea for you to hang on to this, lease this out, wait for the university to come in because rents will go up even higher then, and the value will continue to appreciate. This is an up-and-coming area. Maybe in the next five years or so, you may want to think of selling it. But for now, hold on to it, rent it out. So don't take the money and run because if she were to reinvest her money, wouldn't it cost her more to purchase another condo or make another investment as well? It would, but that condo would also appreciate too. So, you know, you want to wait until an area is about five years or seven years old to take that money out because that's when the values are going to get to their peak. You want to be able to pull it out at that time. This area, downtown Markham, is an up-and-coming area. There's still a lot more coming. There's a lot there, but there's a lot more coming, and that's going to continue to drive the values up. And so you see the price of condos continuing to go up? I do, especially in that area. All right. Our next question comes from Manny in Richmond Hill. He is considering purchasing a home in Newmarket, but he wants to know how can he or his agent find out what's happening, and I'll use that in air quotes, <laughs> in his potential new neighborhood. Is it a waste of time or too time-consuming to visit his potential new address at different times of day or night and different days of the week? How does he discover those nuisance factors? And what does that even mean? What are nuisance factors? Nuisance factors, I mean, people talk about, is it really noisy? If there's a school there... What are the noisy times for the school? Are there train tracks there? When does a train come by? Are you right on Young Street? When is it the busiest to, to live in that area? So you want to be able to visit at different times because you want to know everything that's going on in that area. The other thing is you can always visit the city halls or the town halls and get some information as to what's coming up. What do they have planned? Do they have any traffic congestion plans in place? What's going to be coming up in terms of amenities? Is there community centers or schools being built? All of that you can find out from the city, the subdivision plan, and you'd be able to make that decision a little bit easier. The, a lot of clients, what they'll do is they'll go by at different times. So they'll visit the area at night and they'll see what kind of kids are hanging around. They'll visit the area in the daytime and say, what's traffic like? So, yeah, that's a great idea, and it's probably the easiest thing to do is just visit it. Now, do you think Manny, though, has the time to do that? Because, as you said earlier in the show, that houses are not staying on the market for very long. If he takes the time or his agent takes the time to do that homework, which is really great, is does he risk losing the property? If you're going to be doing this after you see the property, it's not going to be there. So you want to do this before you start searching. You want to be able to get out there and know everything about the area that you're going to be potentially investing in. So this is done before you actually select an area and then go out and see houses in that area. And that way you know that as soon as a house comes up in that area, you want to jump on it. Okay, so that's the pregame protocol, right? That is. Okay. Asif, if our listeners want to ask you questions directly, how can they contact you? They can call me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. And just before we go, this week's hot listing and joining us next is Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thanks, Tina. This week's hot listing is a bright and spacious three-bedroom, four-bathroom detached home in the highly sought-after Cornell community of Markham. This home features 10-foot ceilings on the main floor, a huge master bedroom with cathedral ceilings, a bonus loft that can be used as a fourth bedroom, and a finished basement. This home is huge, it's bright, it's beautiful, and it won't last long. Asif, what's your take on this property? This is price to sell. It's at $920,000. 
it's unheard of to see a house like this available for under the million dollar mark and it's beautiful it's it's move-in ready it's a great home in a absolutely spectacular area and heather do you think this property is going to last I know this probably won't last. This is actually in my neighborhood. I live just a couple streets down. And like Asif had mentioned, a house of this size for under a million is unheard of. So Asif, what do you think? Do you think that you know there, we're going to see a bidding war to, on this property? Because you said it's priced to sell. It's priced to sell. And, and when things are priced properly and they're you know, very well positioned in the market, you're going to get multiple offers. You're going to get bidding wars. And that's not because of where it's priced or, or how it looks, it's because people know when they see a nice house. And there's going to be a lot of attention to this property over the next few days. And you're going to start to see offers start coming in right away. Okay, Heather, one more time, the highlights of this home and where our listeners can get more information. Okay, this is a huge three-bedroom, four-bathroom house. It's located at 26 Spring Meadow Avenue in Cornell, listed at $920,000. And how can we get more information? For more info, they can contact Susan Taylor at 905-554-5522. Asif, that's our show for this week. Great show, Tina. Thank you. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.